You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Extreme Makeover, You Edition, Part 7 of 7. Enjoy. Father, here we are in your presence this morning, and we are so excited. We're not leaving here today the same as when we came in, because you're alive, and you're accomplishing the things that concern us. You're working all things out for our good. We permanently cast every care on you because you're caring so wonderfully for us. And we thank you for taking us higher and deeper into you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to Highway Church, everybody. Yeah, it's a good day. Good. Hallelujah. Let's, we're continuing to worship God, and he's moving among us right now. Isn't that wonderful? You say, well, where is he? I can't see him. Well, believe in him. He's, he's, a, he's a spirit, and we worship him in spirit and truth, and he's everywhere all the time, and he never gets weak, and he never takes a nap, and he's here right now in all of his glory and power, and you'll see him when you put your faith in him. And you'll sense his presence when you realize how much he loves you. So you're turned on, right? Your heart's engaged with Christ. And we're going to leave here today stronger than when we came in. We're going to do something today. We're going to conclude our series. We've been in a series entitled Extreme Makeover, You Edition, based off the old TV show that we used to watch on Sunday nights called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Fun show. A dream team of designers and builders is assembled to bless people with new homes. And we know that the dream team of all dream teams, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are assembled, and they have purpose to bless you. Isn't that amazing that the maker of the universe is focused on you, and he wants to absolutely bless you beyond what you've dreamed of or imagined? Jesus said it this way in John 10, 10, I think it's the message, more and better life than you've ever dreamed of. That's his desire for you. And he's furnished the provision for it, and he's thinking big. So that's what we're talking about. And I like to throw in a couple good construction jokes while we're at it. So uh, I don't know if you remember, Jennifer, when we had to get new windows on our home years ago, but I remember we, I like to get two or three quotes you know, whenever I'm doing something. So I got a few different quotes, and we went with this one company, and they, they put new windows in our home. And then a few months went by, and I got a call from the company, a salesperson. He said, we noticed that we haven't received a payment from you guys. And I said, well, yeah, because you, you said these windows would pay for themselves in about 12 months. <laughs> so, so anyway, so he said, oh, yeah, I did say that. So I said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, nah, that's just a joke, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then one of the electricians that we worked with, it was kind of cool because we like gardening and we have some, some raised gardens. And uh, he told me that uh, if I would plant a light bulb in, in our garden, that I would get a power plant. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah. And I asked, I, I, like, I like something about electricity that's fascinating to me. And I asked my electrician friend, I said, well, um, how do you guys measure electricity. And he told me, and I said, what? <laughs> All right, so let's get into our series. Let's wrap this thing up. So we're talking about the maker of heaven and earth who's crazy about you, and he cares for you so much that he's provided a brand new life for you. Brand new, clean and new. Fresh and vibrant, strong and healthy, a life of understanding and wisdom, a life of love and joy and peace and strength, a life of direction, a life of purpose, a life of destiny. And he's provided that for you, and it's available to you through simple faith in Jesus Christ. And if anything is getting in the way of the new life that God has for you, it's time to move that bus. Right? It's time to, to tell the devil where to go 
to tell depression and sickness and darkness and confusion and lack where to go and to speak God's promises over our lives. We're people who know who we are in Christ, right? We take authority over darkness, and we're moving forward in the new life that he's provided for us. So we learned in the last couple uh, messages that this new life comes with all kinds of wonderful things, but perhaps one of the most powerful is a new identity, This new life comes with a new identity, or a new identity comes with this new life. And this new identity is you and me becoming sons and daughters of God, that God has literally become our Father. And if there's one thing that I'd ever want to deposit in someone's heart, it would be that. Through faith in Christ, God becomes your Father, because it really solves everything. If you'll just meditate on the reality of that as you're going through through your day, I'm now born of God. God is my Father. It will begin to transform you. It'll begin to rearrange things on the inside of you and give you a confidence that this world can't take away. This identity that we have is supernatural. Let's look at John chapter 1, verse 12. It's a supernatural identity. It's a God identity. It's something only he could have done. John chapter 1 verse 12 says this, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name. That's how you get this new identity. Isn't that wonderful? A faith in Christ. He gave the right to become children of God. Verse 13 Children born not of natural descent. Well, if we're not born of natural descent, what are we born of? Supernatural descent. Hallelujah. Nor of human decision. Wow. Or a husband's will. But born, conceived, and brought into life by God himself. Wow. Look how the New Living Translation says it. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I like verse 13. It says, they are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Verse 13 in the New Century Version. They did not become his children in any human way. This was not a man-made thing. Man couldn't have come up with this. Not in any human way, by any human parents or human desire. They were born of God. Psalm 118.23 says, The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. We are born of God. We have a new family tree now. We identify more with God as our father than our biological father. We identify more with the family of God than we do with our biological family. He's more real to us. Hallelujah. So our natural ethnicity is not really that important to us. Our supernatural ethnicity is, right? So we don't get into squabs about where we're, you know, what country we're from, what nationality we're from. It's fun. It's interesting. But we're really from heaven, aren't we? Right? We're born of heaven. Heaven is our home. We're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that we might show forth the excellencies of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're supernatural people with a supernatural birth, with a supernatural father, with a supernatural destiny. Hallelujah. And not only that, but God is living inside of us. This is our new identity. We're born of God. God's living inside of us. And we saw last week that his nature is now inside of us. This is a little gem from A.W. Tozer from a book that Jen's reading called Gems from Tozer. I want to read it to you. He said this, What is the supreme benefaction 
the gift and treasure above all others which even God can give. He gives Christ to be in our nature forever. This is God's supreme and final gift. Not the pearly gates, not the golden streets, not heaven, not even the forgiveness of sins. Although these are God's gifts too. Not a dozen or two dozen or a thousand, but countless hundreds of thousands of gifts God lays before his happy people and then bestows this supreme gift. He makes us the repository of the nature and person of the Lord Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we were reborn in the image of Christ. God's nature now has become our nature. Our nature is forever changed. You're not who you were before you were reborn. You're a different person now. Many believers don't realize that. And they struggle needlessly with so many issues because they don't realize who they are in Christ. That they're new creations now. That Jesus took their sins and gave them his righteousness. But hallelujah, that's changing right here, right now. Romans 6.4 says it this way. Our new identity, our new life. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And that is exactly what we're doing. That's something I will say and speak to, to myself and over my life as I'm going through. I walk in newness of life. An old thought will come back, an old feeling, discouraging thought, uh, uh, any number of things that don't line up with what God's provided for me. And I'll speak, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. I'm walking in newness of life. See, we won't, we're not going to budge off of this. We're not going to budge off of what Jesus did for us. Regardless of, no, no matter what others may think of us, we're going to appropriate the finished work of Christ in our lives. Right? All right, let's wind this thing up. The last thing we're going to talk about, about this new life is that this new life is a life of rest. A life of rest. In fact, it's a worry-free Never stressed out life. Is that possible? Yeah. It's yours through Christ. Now, there are lots of opportunities to, to uh, invite worry, to accept worry, or to allow yourself to be stressed, but we pass on every one of them. Uh-uh. Any opportunity that presents itself for us to worry, to be afraid, to be stressed, we pass. Say, no, thank you. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. God has become my father. I shall not lack. He leads me into fertile, green, vibrant places. I'm nourished by his spirit and his word. He causes me to rest beside still waters. He restores and rejuvenates me daily. His loving kindnesses are brand new when my eyes open and my head lifts off the pillow. They're waiting there to greet me, just like my favorite pair of slippers. Hallelujah. I like how the message describes this new life of rest in verse 26 of Matthew 6. This is the new life that we're living. Look at the birds, free and unfettered. This new life is a free and unfettered life. Don't let man put religious chains back on you. We're free. It's a free and unfettered life. It's a not tied down to a job description life. It's a careless in the care of God life. You count far more to God than, you, than the birds do, right? So it's a free and unfettered life. We're not tied down to the labels and descriptions that others have given us. Right? We're careless in his care. It's a life of rest. 
Now, you know me, I like to look up words, so I looked up the word rest and got some insight that I thought was pretty cool. The word rest, one of the definitions is this, to be placed and supported in a specified position. Rest. To be placed and supported in a specified position. When you put your faith in Christ, God positioned you in his family. He positioned you in Christ. In fact, it says in Ephesians that Christ is seated at God's right hand and far above every spirit of darkness in heavenly places and that we've been seated with him. That's a position of rest. So God positioned us and set us at his right hand with the Son. That's the position that we've been set in. Isn't that amazing? Colossians chapter 1, excuse me, Colossians chapter 3. It's a, this new life is a life of rest. We've been placed in Christ. It's our new position now. It's a position of rest, and we're supported in that position by God the Father. He's for us, and he's not going to kick us out if we make a mistake. His grace is greater than our shortcomings, right? Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. This is the message like this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life, that's what we're talking about, right? Extreme makeover, you edition. This new rest life, this new resurrection life, this new free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God life. With Christ, act like it. Realize your position. Pursue the things which the things over which Christ presides. In other words, what's important to him, make those things important to you. Verse 2, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground. Why would you look down there? Absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up. And be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's a news channel you can't afford to live without. In fact, people would watch a lot less of Fox News and CNN and other stations if they became alert to what was going on around Christ. What's going on around Christ? Healing, deliverance, freedom, the unfolding of your destiny. Get caught up in what's going on around him. You'll be so glad you did. That alone will bring rest. That's where the action is. <laughs> Boy, is that true. This is where the action is, who Christ is and what he's done for us, his plan and purpose for you in this earth. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Sayonara, right? Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, right? Our spirit's been made new. Our body hasn't. Our, our mind hasn't, right? We, we renew our thinking with God's promises. We keep our body under subjection to our recreated spirit. So people can't see the, uh, the new you, literally, it's invisible to spectators, but this real life, this new life, is with Christ in God. He is your life. So rest comes, this life of rest begins when we are conscious of and function out of our position in Christ. When we begin to realize who we are in Jesus. Rest comes. The word rest, if you, if you trace it back to its roots, there's an old English word and there's an old Latin word. The Latin word, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, it's restare. But it, it simply means to remain. I like that. 
This new life is a life of rest. It's a life of remaining in Christ, staying in him, staying in what he's provided for us. John 15, 4, Jesus said it this way, remain in me, rest, right? And I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That's a picture of rest right there. Have you ever been in a vineyard? So, so peaceful, and you see these beautiful plump grapes, so happy to be on the, the branch, and the branch so happy because it's connected to the vine. That's us and Jesus, right? We're resting in him. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, the branch, which is connected to the vine, the branch produces the fruit, and the branch isn't frantically Googling to find out how to make grapes, right? It's not trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this? Okay, how, uh, how, okay, I got to produce some grapes. I got to produce some grapes. How does this happen? Why doesn't the why doesn't the the branch Google about how to do what it was made to do? Because it's receiving its instruction from the vine, its internal instruction we receive from the one who made us, who's living inside of us. So we're not frantically Googling for life's direction, trying to figure out what's the next step we need to take in our lives. We're not looking for external sources of information for the unfolding of our destiny. We're listening to the instruction of the one who made us that comes from the inside of us. Because his spirit, remember Romans 8, is inside of us, providing us with internal information. And we make our life decisions based on that. The message translation of verse 4 says it this way, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. And that's us, we're joined, we're, we're connected eternally with him. And no one can sever that connection. Hallelujah. So the old English word for the word rest, it's R-A-E-S-T. Not sure how to say it, rest, rest. But it literally means league or mile, a unit of distance. It refers to the work that's already been done. It refers to the condition that I'm in because of the work that's been done. It's a standing back because of what's already been done. This new life is a life of rest. It's, it's a life where we stand back and realize the finished work of Christ. All that Jesus did for us on the cross. Colossians chapter 3. Now let's go to, let's do uh, 2 first. Colossians chapter 2. So rest comes when I put my faith in what Christ has already done. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. When you were dead in your sins, that was the old life, right? And in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. This is all past tense. It's already done. It's that mile, that league that's been accomplished. Verse 15, And having disarmed the powers and authorities... He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Would you be afraid if you had an enemy that was defenseless, that had no weapons? Of course not. Why would you ever be afraid of Satan? Hmm? 
unless you don't realize what's already been done. Jesus whipped him completely. He stripped him of anything he could ever use against you. Jesus said Satan had nothing in him. You can say the same thing. Satan has nothing in me. Why? Not because I do everything perfect, because Jesus gave me his righteousness. I'm covered. My life's been hidden with Christ in God. That's why religious people are some of the uh, most uh, irritable people. Because they're trying to get something that's already been done. That's what religion will do. It, 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 it'll, it'll focus on things that Jesus already did and not realize that they're, that, that, that they're accomplished. How can I be more righteous? How can I earn more favor with God? How can I get to heaven? How can I, uh, how can I obtain peace? How can I obtain healing? Jesus did it all. What did Jesus say? When, when they, uh, someone asked him, what must we do to do the works of God? How did he answer? You remember in John? Believe. Only believe on the one whom he sent. Right? It's by faith. Jesus did the work, and we enjoy it by putting our faith in it. Right? There's no rest in religion. There's no rest in trying to obtain something that's already been given to you. That's a frustrating thing. That's why religion is so frustrating. Keeps you going around in circles and, and, and getting more frustrated as time goes on. The message translation says it this way. Verse 13. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, <laughs> might as well just say it, right? You were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. 100% of your sins forgiven forever. Verse 14, the slate wiped clean. The old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority. At the cross and march them naked through the streets. That's why Romans 8.1, you can pop that up there, says this. Therefore, right, because of everything Jesus already has done for us, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't have to climb upstairs anymore on broken glass. I don't have to set up statues and light candles anymore. Why? Because Jesus obtained it for me. His atonement, his atonement met justice, right? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free forever from the law of sin and death. All right. This is so good. We're going to get into it now. Are you ready? You got your seatbelts on? So faith in Christ and who he really is, the real Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and faith in who I am in him brings about a supernatural rest in my life. It brings about the end of living life in my own strength. When I begin to, to live life in him, I'm no longer living life in my own strength, and I'm no longer living life in my own wisdom. I now begin to live life with God as my strength. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, says it this way in the Amplified, not in your own strength. <laughs> For it is God who is all the while effectually at work inside of you. What's he doing in there? He's energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. So I have an internal power source that never weakens, that never needs recharge. It's God's spirit. 
So we're learning to rely on that now. So this week, I want to encourage you to rely on that internal strength. Because living life in your own strength sooner or later is going to wear you out. Sooner or later. But we're living life in his strength now. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? Can we get a little deeper? You okay? We're just going to get a little deeper. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of who you really are. This new life is a life of rest. This supernatural rest comes when you are being who God made you to be. And when you're doing what God called you to do. Rest comes when we're being who God made us to be, not who our parents said we should be, not who man said we should be, but who the one who made us said we should be. And when we're doing what the one who made us made us to do. It's the, and, and the only way, the only way to realize and be who you were made to be and the only way to know what you were called to do is by abiding in Christ. I was amazed at the things I discovered about myself in 1989 when I put my faith in Christ. I found there are a lot of things people said about me that really weren't true or only partially true. I found there was a new depth to who I was that I didn't even know was in there as I abided in Christ. He began to unveil who I really was, who I was made to be, and there's no other way to find that out. It's simply by remaining in Him, spending time with Him, being focused on what's going on around Him. It's a different way of living. You'll be amazed to find out who he made you to be if you don't know already. Let's start with Matthew 11, verse 28. This is so good. This rest is much more than just taking a vacation. It's a deep to the core of you rest that comes from being who you are made to be and doing what you are called to do. Jesus is talking, the one who made us, the one who right now resides in us by his spirit. He says this, come to me. There are lots of places you can go, lots of people you can come to. But if you want this supernatural life and rest, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Freedom from agitation and disturbance, peace, strength. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There's that internal instruction, right? His spirit revealing God's will to you, to your spirit inside. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. That produces rest just knowing that, doesn't it? And you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. Well, this is interesting. So we have the word rest used twice there. And we have the word yoke used twice. And the word load used once. I don't know. I wouldn't think rest and yoke would go together, would you? What's a yoke for? It's a tool to get work done, right? We know yokes uh, for, for animals, work animals like oxen. They're, they're connected so they can pull a load, right? Why would Jesus invite us to take his yoke upon him, to learn from him? Because his yoke is easy and his yoke is light. His, his yoke is light. Yoda is light. No, his load is Yoda. No, his load is light. Because when you're doing the work, when your day consists of the things he's made you to do, it's light. There's an inner buoyancy. There's an internal inspiration that energizes you 
when you get up in the morning and you know you're doing what God made you to do. There's nothing like it. Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for going through another day without knowing what God has called you to do. Now, we use the word called. It's a good word. It's a biblical word. But sometimes people associate that with ministry, and it is. But it's not just we say called that you have to go into ministry. Called means God has called you something. Right? He's spoken something over your life. In other words, he's deposited faculties inside of you, gifts that he's put inside of you, and he's called you someone. You may, he may have called you businessman when you were in your mother's womb. Right? Or Isla Coffee, or um, teacher, or secretary, or evangelist, or astronaut. I don't know what he's called you, and no man really does. You can only get this straight from him. And if you're not careful, man will call you things and try and lead you in a direction that they've determined you should go based on their limited knowledge. But we want to be who God has called us to be from our mother's womb. This is why the yoke... See, a, a grape doesn't struggle to be a grape, right? Because that's what it was made to do. Birds don't struggle to be birds. They, they enjoy flapping their wings, right? That's what they do. It's not a, a chore to them. It's part of who they are. So we can get tired when we're doing things daily that we weren't made to do. I, I saw that happen growing up in my family. I saw my parents worn out. I love them, no disrespect to them. They were, so, they were trying to do everything they could to get ahead in life, working many, 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 many hours. My dad would do sometimes 90, 100-hour weeks. You know, that's a lot of work. And, and I saw that just wearing on them over the years and the stress of them. They didn't know Christ. They didn't know what, know what God had made them to do. So this is where this rest is awakened in us. See, when you give your whole self to Jesus, who you are it begins to unfold. And rest comes when your faculties are employed in the destiny that God's designed for you. When all the things that he put in you and he knit you together in your mother's womb are plugged in to your divine purpose. In, uh, I came across this in the Hastings Bible Dictionary. I thought it was great. J. Patrick, in, in describing the rest of Matthew 11, 28 through 30, he said this. He said, rest here is not the rest of inactivity. In other words, uh, I mean, vacation is nice, and we all need to do it, right? It's nice to go somewhere and do nothing. We need times like that. But that's a very temporary rest, and it's a shallow rest. In fact, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Have you ever gone on vacation too long? And all of a sudden, what's inside of you just starts, like, I've got to do this. It just starts rising up. You know, okay, it's time. It's time to get back to what God's called me to do. When you discover your life purpose, you'll take vacations, but you'll know, okay, that's enough beach chair and lemonade. It's time to get up. It's time to go forward. And there's this inner buoyancy inside of you that picks you up off that beef, beach chair and gives you strength to do things that, that only you could do because you're called to do it, right? He says this rest is not the rest of inactivity, but of the harmonious working of all the faculties and affections of will, heart, imagination, and conscience. Here it is. Because each, all of your faculties, all of your affections, all of your will, all of your heart, all of your imagination, all of your conscience has found in God the ideal sphere for its satisfaction and development. That's big. I'll say that again. Yeah. Grab a hold of this. In other words, the rest that God provides us 
what he's speaking about here, vacation's good, but it's not a rest of doing nothing. It's a rest of being fully engaged in your destiny. Like he said it here, I'm going to read it again. It's not the rest of inactivity, but of the harmonious working of all of your faculties, all that you are, all of your affections, all of your will, all of them working together as you were designed to work, all of your heart, all of your imagination, all of your conscience, and the reason that all of these things are working together in you is because you've realized that in God is the ideal place. It's the ideal sphere for the satisfaction and development of you. That's rest. Where you realize all this stuff that's churning inside of me, all the ideas and imagination, all the gifts, the talents, whatever God has put inside of me, the way for that all to unfold and develop properly is in Him. By abiding in Him. By spending time alone with Him. By meditating on His promises. By learning who I am. That's what's amazing. You can take Psalm 27.1. You know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And I can just meditate on that. And as I'm meditating on the Lord being my light, the Holy Spirit will begin to connect my affections, my imagination, my conscience, my fact. He'll begin to put, put me together and align me with God's purpose for my life. I don't know how it all happens, but he does it. And I began doing that in 1989. And I realized, see, I didn't know when I was growing up. It's kind of funny. I used to just like to take walks, and I'd just start speaking like I was giving a speech somewhere. No one told me to do it. I, I thought this is really weird. I never heard preaching, maybe on TV by a couple of times my grandma's. But I thought, why would I ever, what's this for? And, you know, I got like 15, 16, 17, and he thought, well, the only thing I could know this would ever be for is going into politics, and I'm not going to do that. So it's just kind of like this ability to speak. What, what am I ever going to do with that? I don't know. And then I came to know Christ. And I learned that God chose preaching as his method for salvation. Oh, that God called me to preach. That he called me preacher when I was in my mother's womb. I didn't know that. And I, I learned that by spending time with him. And messages would just start to bubble up inside of me. I'm just talking from my perspective. It's just, it's different for everybody. But as you spend time with him, what he's called you to do will start to bubble up inside of you. And it will, you'll get to the point where you just have to do it. Music was inside of me. But how to use that, how to employ that, when to employ that, right? I needed God's direction. And boy, is it satisfying when you're doing it his way, when you're employing your gifts as they've been designed to be employed. Now, let's look at this in uh, the message translation, and we're going to finish it up, bring it to a close here. In fact, the way the message says it kind of captures what, what J, J. Patrick says about, you know, all of our affections and imagination finding uh, that in God they're fully developed. Your imagination's fully developed by spending time with God. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Now, here's how Jesus said it. This is great. This gives us insight into uh, um, the relationship that Jesus had with his father. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. What has the Father given you to do and say? Do you know? The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation. Coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the Son the way the Father does. 
nor the Father the way the Son does. Now, if he would have stopped there, that'd be wonderful, but we were kind of on the outside, aren't we? Because Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, but he was the firstborn from among the dead, right? Now we're his sons and daughters, right? He's our older brother. Here we go. So, but I'm not keeping it to myself. The same intimacy that I have with the Father, I want to reveal it to you. (laughs) I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Are you kidding? God wants to teach me who he is personally. Are you tired? Verse 28, are you living life in your own strength? Are you living life in your own wisdom? Are you being who others called you to be or are you being who I've called you to be? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? I have an answer. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. See, who I am made sense when I came to know Christ. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Here it is. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'll show you how to divinely employ your imagination. (laughs) Hallelujah. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Remember our attentions on the things that are happening around Christ? Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. There's the grape right there on the branch, the branch on the vine. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I made you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This new life is a life of rest. The last scripture, Isaiah 40, verse 31, sums it up. It says, but those who trust in the Lord, right? I trust, I know he made me. I know he doesn't make any junk, right? I know he made me. I know he loves me. I know he gave his son for me. I'm trusting in him. I know he has a divine purpose for my life. I know that no moment is wasted by following him. I know that my imagination reaches its fullness by, by being engaged with him. Those who trust in the Lord will find a supernatural strength. It's a new strength. It's a not of this world strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's rest right there. Would you bring up that prayer? I put together a prayer I want us to pray together based on these scriptures. But I want to encourage you as, as, as we pray this prayer together out loud to meditate on the things we've gone over today. Yeah, and as always, you can take a picture of any of these screens on your phone, go home. On the second screen, you'll see all the scriptures where this prayer is from. So you're going through your week. The week starts today. It's a holiday weekend, Right? And as you're enjoying your everything burger that you made on the grill today or tomorrow, you're reminding yourself that no moment is wasted seeking Christ. That he made me and who I am is realized and comes, becomes full and, and uh, meets its full development by abiding in him, by resting in him. All right? Here's the prayer. Let's pray this out loud together. And I want you to put your confidence in your Father and I encourage you to make this between your heart and God's heart. Let's say it together. Father, teach us how to take a real 
rest. Teach us to walk with you, to work with you. Teach us to live freely and lightly in the unforced rhythms of your grace. Amen. Thank you, Father, for making us new. You have cleansed us from all sin. The power of sin has been broken in our lives. We are born of you. We have your nature, and we walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for what you've revealed to us today, this morning, by your Spirit and through your Word. Thank you for real rest in our lives today and growing each and every day from now on. Thank you, Lord, for the full realization of who you made us to be as we abide in you. Thank you for unlocking every gift, for unlocking every faculty and talent, for the full realization of the imagination you've put inside of us, for your divine purpose for our lives. Your yoke is easy, and your load is light. It's as easy as an eagle flying. And we thank you, Lord, for this supernatural life and energy inside of us. You yourself, Father, energizing and creating in us the power and desire to be and do all that you've called us to do. We worship you in Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.